You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome, welcome, and happy Sunday to all. Uh, good morning if you're out here in the West by me, or good just break of that afternoon uh, if you are in the East. And uh, hope all is well with you. We are enjoying a nice, uh, clear, beautiful day out here. Hope yours is the same. Um, very curious to know how, how everybody did Halloween-wise. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Here I am promoting all the things you need to do and all the things you need to be careful of. We talked about it a lot last week. So what I usually do for my office is I will bring some candy just for my clients. So, you know, we put them out in the counter in the front. So I had I had two bags. One was Nestle's Crunch. One of my, I always get my favorite. That way, if people don't eat them, at least I'm going to enjoy something that's left over. And Snickers. Well, I had the bags here in my home office. Now, mind you, my dogs are, especially my Labradors, are insane when it comes to getting into things. They are masters. And I literally have to have baby locks on cabinets because they know how to get into cabinets. And I have to block the kitchen door so they don't get into the kitchen if they're in the house. Anyway, so I had to totally didn't realize they were in my office. I forgot oh, that's safe because they never go into my office. All of a sudden, <laughs> I get a call. I forgot to bring the bags. And there's my lab, my old lab, 13 and a half. Now, mind you, this guy can barely get upstairs, but he can jump on top of a counter for food. Anyway, he gets into about 10 of the those little teeny Nessie's grunts. He's 85 pounds. I'm not worried about the toxicity issue with milk, chocolate, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, he's he doesn't like to take things out of wrappers. He thinks, you know, I'm going to smell it right through the wrapper. I'm going to eat the whole thing. So I knew this happened. I figured some of the stuff would come out of his poop. I wasn't too worried about it. Since then, he ate like, what? what so that was Friday morning early. He ate Friday evening. He ate Saturday, Saturday morning, right? He ate all these meals. And late last night, I hear him up chucking. I hear that typical, you know, that vomiting thing. And out comes, now mind you, he's had normal meals and normal poops over this last day and a half. And all of the wrappers in a bunch came up in his vomit. It's like, I'm thinking, about how, how does the food get by and go through the intestine and get digested and all is fine and develop a nice firm stool and the wrappers, the Nestle's Crunch wrappers are still there in their entirety. Anyway, I hope you guys had better luck than I did. As I used to say to my kids, do as I say, not as I do, because I am <laughs> I, I'm the worst lesson to learn from. Uh, when I do stupid things like that. Anyway, I'm glad you're here with me. I'm Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for uh, today's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio and iHeart Radio Station Partner. And we're um, here for you. In fact, it's easy to get a hold of us. And last week we did get a call. Well, actually, someone wrote in, joined in on the conversation, which you can easily do if you are shy and you don't want to call us at 877-385-8882. You can just go online to PetLifeRadio.com, click on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab and on that page you will see a little box that says join the conversation log into our live chat during the show please do so last week we didn't get uh, someone who called in and also you can email me to dr jeff that's dr jeff at pet life radio and uh you know look we want to make your lives easier just think about all the benefits the benefits of joining us either via phone or joining the conversation the following hopefully you're going to get some answers to your questions and if i don't have the answers i will get them as a general practitioner for this is my 31st year, I kind of know a lot, but when it comes to really tough things, I have a great network of experts in pretty much every specific discipline, so I will get an answer. Secondly, it's free. It doesn't cost you a dime. 
my goal here is to help you and maybe even help you save a little money in the process. And of course, we're here thanks to our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products and Kong. As a matter of fact, when you call, not if, but when you call, when you join in on the conversation, we will send you out a ProSense Pet Product as well as a free Kong toy. And uh, Kong toys are great because they're therapeutic at the same time. So you have no excuse, no excuse not to join in. So, first of all, I would love to hear about any Halloween stories, the good ones and the bad ones. If you had a problem, if you had a dog that got out, if you had a cat that got out, if you had a dog that was growling at some of these kids, whatever. We want to know about it. So, again, 877-385-8882 or just kind of join in the conversation and we'd love to hear from you. What I wanted to do, and we've been sort of going through, and and until you contact me to speak about a specific subject, which I'm happy to do, I have a game plan, my lesson plan, as you will, as if I were a teacher. And what we're going to do now is we're going to cover the very many endocrine diseases. These are diseases of the hormone system of the body that seem to go astray and awry at certain points. And most of these are fairly easy to diagnose. Some are more difficult. Some of the growth hormone problems can be very tough. But they're somewhat easy to diagnose, not always easy to treat. Very few are curable. However, we can control them. There are great medications, great choices we have. Some, believe it or not, are pretty much curable, where when you're done, you don't have to do a thing. But those are the rare ones, but we'll get to all of them. So what I wanted to do is uh, we have a gland in our body called the adrenal gland. It is basically attached to the cranial poles of our kidneys. And the adrenals have different zones within the gland, and they're responsible for the sex hormones, for the mineralocorticoids. Those are the hormones, if you will, that will control the mineralocorticoids, which are like our our calcium and phosphorus balances. And so, you know, that's very important for the body. Sodium, potassium, also very important to the body. And also the glucocorticoids, which are the steroids that our body secretes. Basically, I'm sure you've heard of a drug prednisone or any of the corticosteroids that are used to treat many conditions in pets in different dose ranges, depending on whether we need an anti-inflammatory component or whether we need to have an immunosuppressive component. So there are some different dose ranges. So the adrenal plays a, a major function. And the signal for the adrenal to work usually comes from a gland in the brain called the pituitary gland. And there's a number of feedback mechanisms where the body is able to read what's already there and then, with a healthy gland, make necessary adjustments. And whether it's going to make them on its own or make them as a result of secretion from the pituitary gland. So the pituitary gland sort of is the the master gland that dictates for the adrenal what to do. Well, there are two conditions that we frequently see, and also the, the effects are a little bit different. Where concerning the adrenal gland, where one is an over secretion of the adrenal gland, and the other one is an under secretion. And the one that we see more commonly is the over secretion, and we call this Cushing's syndrome or Cushing's disease. Technically, and the Cushing's syndrome is actually where the problem is coming from the brain, the pituitary gland. And the pituitary gland is over firing, over signaling the adrenal gland to secrete. It's glucocorticoids, not really listening to the rest of the body when the body says, hey, slow down. We got plenty of cortisol running around our blood. We don't need any more. It just keeps on firing and signaling, and that is Cushing's syndrome. Cushing's disease is where the problem is actually coming from the gland, the adrenal gland itself. Pituitary has nothing to do with it. It's all coming from the gland. There is a functional increase of secretion coming from the adrenal, and that's Cushing's disease. 
The reason why there is somewhat of a difference is that when it comes to treatment, when you can I, I clearly identify Cushing's disease, it might be easier, well, not easy, but it can be treated by removing the adrenal gland. Obviously, that's going to require the hands of an excellent technical hands of a surgeon, but can be done. Whereas, obviously, if the pituitary is the problem, so it's really, by definition, Cushing's syndrome, uh, you can't do that. So that's that we have to rely on medical therapy. So what are the symptoms? And this is what's so important because a lot of the symptoms that we see with some of these hormone diseases are very similar. For example, a dog comes in and it's classic Cushing's. I got a funny story about my, my early days in practice with this condition. And it is a dog that comes in and the complaint, the chief complaint from the owner is my dog is drinking water like crazy and peeing like crazy. Now, there is another disease we're going to get to, not probably not this week, but maybe in a couple of weeks, and that's diabetes. Two types of diabetes, diabetes mellitus and diabetes insipidus. And guess what? They too present with dogs that are drinking and peeing like crazy. So Cushing's disease, typically, we call it PUPD, polyuria, that's excessive urinating, and polydipsia, which is excessive drinking. Other things we see with Cushing's, we see kind of like a, the body is changing. The skin is getting kind of thin and oily. Sometimes we'll see hair loss that's not associated with scratching. The skin, the belly looks bloated. Basically, a lot of the changes we see are the same changes we're going to see in a dog that we have to treat with an excessive amount of corticosteroids for whatever disease they may have. So when, when or if you're, I'm sure you've seen people that have had, had to be on steroids for a long time, it's similar type of changes take place in the body. So you get that thin, sometimes greasy looking skin, thinning hair, uh, big bloated belly, PUPD, excessive drinking, excessive peeing, and you say to yourself, oh my God, this is classic Cushing's. Now, at this point, you still don't know whether it's Cushing's disease or Cushing's syndrome, but it's Cushing's. So now the fun begins. And that fun is we need to start doing some tests to see where our problem is and to try to make a determination because the disease actually is not curable, but it is treatable. It is controllable. And we have many cases of dogs with Cushing's that are just doing just fine. There is actually a relatively new drug. When I say relatively in veterinary world, that means that it's not like yesterday, but it's been around for probably seven or eight, 10 years maybe. It is a major improvement over the drug that we used to use back in the day when I started practicing. So there's some new things out there that are great. Also testing. One of the tests that we used to use is still used often, but there's another test that many of the experts like a little bit better. So we use that one too. And this other test, the one that's a little bit better, might actually help us determine the difference between Cushing's disease and Cushing's syndrome. And of course, with the advent of ultrasound in the hands of an an amazing ultrasonographer, the adrenal gland sitting right by that kidney is often visible and it can be measured and a determination can be made merely on ultrasound whether we're dealing with the adrenal problem or the pituitary problem. So there's a lot to do, a lot to uh, talk about, and we will as soon as we come back from our, our quick break. So stay tuned. We're learning about Cushing's disease in dogs predominantly, and we'll be back in just a few, and um, we'll talk about testing, and we'll talk about treatment, and we'd love to hear from you if you have any questions about your dog that may have or might your concern might have uh, Cushing's or is currently being treated. We'd love to hear from you and get your input as well here at 877-385-385. We'll be back in just a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. 
This is my tired of itching face. Does your dog suffer from persistent itching and scratching? Allergies and skin irritations caused by environment, including pollens, insects, especially fleas, food, and common household allergens are common problems in dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense itch and allergy products provide fast relief from symptoms like itchy, irritated skin, skin infections like hot spots, and watery eyes. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Hey there, pet parents. This is Christy Vaughn, host of The Doggy Dish. Do you love your furry companion? Do you love making him or her healthy treats but can't seem to find the time? Great news. The Doggy Dish is the perfect show for you. Every episode is chock full of healthy and easy recipes that are made with ingredients you most likely have on hand. Tune into The Doggy Dish for yummy and healthy recipes for your canine kids. Every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back, and thanks for being here. You're here with Dr. Jeff Werber. Your host here on Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. And before the break, we were talking, getting a little science here, kind of education about a disease we commonly see in dogs. I shouldn't say commonly. In veterinary medicine or in medicine in general, we get to use the term, it's not uncommon. Now, usually if you look at it double negative, well, if something is not uncommon, you'd say it is common. But common means it happens a lot. In medicalese, when we say it's not uncommon, it just means uncommon is something you rarely see. So if it's not uncommon, it's not that we don't we we don't not rarely see it. We don't see it a lot. It's not common. So you kind of yeah you have to be very careful in, in using the term. So when we see something, it's not uncommon. It means yeah we see it. We see it you know kind of frequently, but not not a ton. But it's not surprising. It's not like um, you know my old expression I've shared with you before that you're running along the beach and I'm going to use Malibu because I'm here in Southern California. So you're running along the beach in Malibu and you hear hoofbeats chasing you from behind. Are you thinking horses or zebras? So you're not thinking zebras. So you're thinking horses. Now, so therefore, when I say something's not uncommon, it's not a zebra. It doesn't mean you're going to see it every day, 
but it's it's not something you know, oh my god you know i got to call a guinness book of world records here because i got a case of cushing's so we are talking about the the testing first of all you have the clinical disease clinical disease once again you have the dog typically that's drinking water like crazy therefore peeing like crazy their skin is very thin it's they have a bloated belly appearance sometimes a sway back they're losing a little bit of muscle tone some hair loss and we call it endocrine alopecia the reason why we say endocrine is because usually the endocrine alopecia alopecia meaning hair loss they are more symmetrical and they're not associated with scratching so if you look at the skin itself it's you don't see scabs and sores things like you would typically see with allergic condition and if you're sort of like, you know, if you were to mentally, don't do this at home, folks, but if you were mentally going to chop the body in half along the, the longitudinal axis, the right side will look almost exactly at the left side, like mirror image. That's what we call bilaterally symmetrical. And that's what we see with these kinds of alopecias with our endocrine diseases, um, if they are going to be endocrine alopecias. So testing. So we have a, we get a good history. And the first thing, of course, we're going to do is do a basic blood test. And one of the things that we pretty much often see when we do our basic blood test is going to be an elevated alkaline phosphatase. Now, the alkaline phosphatase is one of the four major liver enzymes that we often look at. And we know that dogs that are on certain medications like corticosteroids, also like phenobarbital, but like steroids, when that dog is on chronic prednisone for some reason or prednisolone or dexamethasone or you name it, they're going to have an elevated alkaline phosphatase. Well, when we have a dog with Cushing's where, in essence, the body is giving itself too much cortisone, we're going to see an elevated alkaline phosphatase. And I mean elevated like high normal is like 100 to 130, depending on the lab you're going to use. We're talking dogs that present with values over 1,000, 800. I had a dog as high as 2,500. I mean 3,000. It's ridiculously high. So given the presentation, the PUPD, the skin changes, the sway back, this, all that stuff, and an elevated alkaline phosphatase, that is highly suggestive. Note that we did not say it's diagnostic. These are things that are highly suggestive. And the reason I say that is we've had dogs that present atypically where they have all the PUPD, the drinking and the peeing, they have their skin, the body changes, but their alkaline phosphatase is totally normal. Are you going to stop there and say, no, it's not Cushing's? Of course not. It just means that one major test, that major clue isn't there. So now comes one of the real tests that we do to determine the drug, I mean, determine the disease, and that is called, well, they're one of two. Back in the day, and it's still used, nothing wrong with using it, it's called the ACTH response test, the adrenocorticotropic hormone response test. How does this work? Well, this is basically the following. We know that a dog that is going to have a stimulation of the adrenal is going to have a normal increase in the, its output of the hormone. So basically, the ACTH typically comes from the pituitary gland in the brain, signaling the adrenal gland to fire, and it releases its hormone, its cortisol. But dogs with Cushing's, as I said, they don't look at your normal type of release of the cortisol from the adrenal gland. They go gangbusters. So we know what the normal dog does. So what the ACTH response test does is we give a certain measured amount of the corticotropic hormone, and then depending on what we use and which technique we use, whether it's given IV or AM, but one to two hours later, we then go ahead and remeasure the cortisol level in the blood, and if it is off the charts high, then we assume Cushing's. Another test that seems to be a little bit more in vogue now is called the low-dose dexamethasone suppression test. As I also mentioned, typically 
dogs respond. There's like a feedback mechanism continually going on between the pituitary gland, the bloodstream, the amount of cortisol in the bloodstream, and the firing of the adrenal gland. So, so what happens is if we give the body a measured amount of cortisone in the form of dexmethasone, then the normal dog sensing and seeing the body has plenty of cortisol on board will shut down and stop secreting, and therefore the adrenal gland will not secrete any more of its own cortisol. Basically, the pituitary and the adrenal combined, whichever, whether it's your Cushing's disease, Cushing's syndrome, is basically saying, hey, we got enough, we don't have to work. Sit back and relax. But dogs with Cushing's don't. So what we do is even though we're suppressing with the dexamethasone, we are still seeing firing. And based on some calculations and measurements, this test, if we have, it's a blood test taken, we inject the steroid, we take a follow-up at four hours and at eight hours. And then at eight hours, they, depending on the levels, you can determine that whether the problem is coming from the actual adrenal gland, meaning Cushing's disease, or the pituitary gland, meaning Cushing's syndrome. So that's why a lot of the internists like it because it helps us. And then of course, if we really want to try to suppress then you go in and do a high-dose dexamethasone suppression test with a high-dose, basically, of the normal. If it's a normal pituitary problem, it's going to suppress, and then we'll know if it's still not listening to us. Most likely, then, we have an adrenal problem. So if those tests are abnormal, then we have an end, have a suspicion. We can do the next step, and that is, well, to really confirm, let's go to the ultrasound machine. And with the ultrasound machine, again, in the hands, a lot of general practitioners may not have the skill or the quality of ultrasound machine to actually make this determination, but certainly the internists do. And that is, let's go ahead and check out the adrenal gland at the kidney through the ultrasound and see, does it look huge? So if the assumption is everything checks out, that we have Cushing's disease, now it's time to treat, and the treatment options are quite a few. There is a drug that we all used to use years ago called Lysadrin. The chemical name was either mitotane or OPDDD, and that was a drug that would actually suppress the adrenal gland. It would actually eat the adrenal gland up, and uh, in fact, one treatment in Europe, what they do is they used to give the OPDD so much that they used to obliterate the entire gland and then treat the dog as an Addisonian, which is the disease we're going to talk about next week, which is an under-secretion of the adrenal gland. That's Addison's disease. And Addison's disease, dogs are pretty, are actually much easier to treat. So in some places in Europe, I think in Sweden, their treatment of Cushing's is to, uh, let's make them into an Addisonian and treat. We never did that here. We tried to, to titer exactly, titrate, I should say, how much OPDDD could be given. There's a newer drug called Trilostane. It was uh, first used in Canada a lot, now under the trade name Veteral that most of us are using. And that is, again, measured by weight. And its goal is to, again, uh, decrease the amount of output put out by the adrenal gland and thus monitor these dogs via the ACTH response test. So even if we made the diagnosis originally using the low-dose dexamethasone suppression test, we monitor our success on the veteral using the ACTH response test. And that drug is very safe. Dogs do very well on it. And of course, if we have confirmation via our testing and our ultrasound that our problem is most likely the adrenal tumor itself, then, of course, in the hands of a qualified surgeon, that adrenal gland or the adrenal glands can be removed. And then again, we're going to have an Addisonian, and then we treat accordingly as we would in Addison's, which we're going to cover next week. 
So the options are many. These dogs can live somewhat normally. We do see some complications, however, in that many of these, not many, some dogs that have uh, Cushing's might also have diabetes going on at the same time. That's a disease we're going to cover in a few weeks, that diabetes mellitus. Now we get complicated because it's almost like the treatments are opposing each other because the anti-insulin effect of high-dose steroids. And then we really, so now we're giving, you know, we have a disease that is secreting too much steroid. We get this anti-insulin effect because of the steroid. That's where it gets very, very complicated. And these dogs are a lot more difficult to adjust, but it can be done. I'm in the midst of treating one right now. We've been, you know, kind of going on for a while. Good old Lucy, who has both diabetes and Cushing's, just to, you know, throw us a hell of a curve when it comes to treating these endocrine disorders. So, Again, to recap, Cushing's disease, it's an adrenal and or pituitary problem. It's an over-secretion. The body is presenting too much cortisol. The changes in the blood will usually dictate that. Behavior changes will dictate that. The skin, how these dogs present and look will dictate that. And so our job is to minimize that secretion, to regulate it as best we can. We have a number of drugs or surgery available to us, but don't fret because it is a condition that we can and often do work with. So if you have any questions about Cushing's disease, Cushing's syndrome, if you have a dog who's being treated or has been treated or you've had a dog in the past, we would love to hear from you. Find out how it went. Get your input because other listeners are going to learn from you just like they can learn from me because you've been there, done that. Here I am, been treating this for years. I've never in all my years of being a pet dad a dog dad, have had a dog with Cushing's disease or diabetes for that fact. I shouldn't jinx myself. But so we want to hear from you to see how things are going for you. How is it working out? Are you happy that you're treating? Do you have any doubts that maybe you shouldn't have? This is what we want to know. So I want you to give us a call next week or send me an email and I'll share it on air to drjeff at petliferadio.com or you can give us a call next week. We'd love to hear from you as we're going to be talking about Addison's disease, which is the opposite, the under secretion of the adrenal gland and you can uh, give us a call at 877-385-8882 thanks for joining us here i'm your host dr jeff werber thanks again to our sponsors prosense and kong and we will see you here next sunday let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com